Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Good to see everyone out this morning. Are you ready to jump into this series that we started last week? Anybody remember what we called it? Reach! Oh, we're starting a new series called Reach. And I've been stirred up just with some things that God has been uh, uh uh, sharing with my heart, and again, I can't wait to share them with you because I believe it's going to be provoking. It's going to stir us to just take that next step and reach further. But you, you know, it's kind of interesting as we've looked over this past year in 2020. Uh, obviously, there's been some obstacles along the way, but I don't know about you. I've, I've chose to look at it and say, man, it's been an amazing year. God has done some amazing things. And, and, and for the fact of the matter, uh, 2020, at the beginning of the year, there were some things that the Lord said to me personally. He said, the year of 2020, I'm going to restore or uh, give your joy back to you. And so over the course of the year, man, God really stirred up the joy that was in my heart, just the, the, the joy of ministry, the joy of life, the joy of family and uh, as a result we also said that concerning 2020 we saw, said that it was going to be a year of clarity and I know a lot of pastors took on that that tagline 2020 we're going to see clear we're going to see everything's going to come into focus but ironically it did there was so much that has became clear and came into focus and what came into greater clarity than ever before is really where the church is or the people of God. It has exposed things. It's opened up our eyes to things. We're seeing things like we've never seen before. And again, really the condition of the church. And so this is what the Lord said to me concerning this year. He said, 2021 is a year to reach. It's a year to stretch. And as we were praying this past Wednesday night, uh, we just had a small group, but we had a good time of prayer. And one of the things that I continued to pray out was the new. There's new. There's new that is available this year. And so this year, I'm going to challenge you to reach for the new of what God has for you. Remember the Bible says this, God said concerning his people, he says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. How many of you can look at your life and say, God, I'm ready for you to do some new things? I tell you, I am. I'm ready for some new in my life. And God says, it's time to reach for the new. Now, if you recall, we said there is a definition or the definition of the word reach. And let me just give it to you because as you begin to hear these definitions of what reach uh, means, it really has a parallel to really our walk with God. Number one, we saw that concerning reach, it means to extend or to stretch. How many of you know in order to grow in God, he's going to stretch you? Has anybody been stretched this last year? How many of you love it when you're stretched? It's not always fun, is it? Because that stretch is always a stretch of faith to take you beyond where you're at. And, and you might have had a stretch to get where you're at, but there's a point in time where you get comfortable where you're at, and God says, now I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone, and it's time to stretch. Why? Because he wants to take us further in what he wants to do with us. 
And obviously, if we just stay where we're at, then he's limited to do what he wants to do based on where we're at. So he needs us to stretch and go further. Number, number two, it says, to take or to draw near. So as we stretch in our faith, it actually draws us nearer or closer to God. Amen. Come on, I've been in some places in my life, and Pastor Mark, he, he's coined this phrase. He said, but you know, there's times when God will stretch you in the arena of your giving, and after you give, you're still thinking about it a week later and saying, there better be a God. <laughs> you ever been there before? Yeah. So what does it do? It stretches you, and it causes you to have a greater dependency to draw God near. God, I just want to get close to you because right now in this moment, I need you. Number three is to arrive. To arrive. Or in other words, there's a destination. God has some things that he wants us to arrive to or to arrive at. There's a destination or there's some goals that we've got to have in our life that we're striving for, right? So once again, where I'm at right now, God, I'm not, I'm not uh, satisfied being where I'm at. I want to go further with you. So that causes me to have somewhere to look and somewhere to go. Number four, it is a measure or a measurement to the limit. It's reached its limit, or we could say it this way, full. Come on, man. I'm telling you what, I want to get full of God this year. And I don't want to wait until six months down the road. I don't want to wait until the end of the year to finally say, well, I think I got full, man. I want to hit it running, and I want to get full soon as I can. And so as I reach, God is going to fill us up. Say somebody, say, I want to be full. Amen. And number five, it means to communicate with. To reach means to communicate with. And so everything that we're talking about this year is to get us in a closer, more intimate relationship with God of knowing Him. Our reach is going to draw us closer to Him. And if you recall, I want to bring it back to your attention what we looked at last week. In John chapter 2, this was the story of, of Jesus' first miracle when he turned the water into wine. And then once again, for the reference sake, you can go back and look at that in John chapter 2. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And the Bible says that she came to Jesus and she said to him, we've ran out of wine. Now once again, we said this, that there had to be some connection with Mary and the wedding feast because nobody really cares about what's going on unless you have an invested interest, right? I mean, if you've ever went to a wedding reception and they said, well, you know, we ran out of food or the DJ didn't show up, well, what do you do? You just go home early. You don't sit there and say, well, listen, I can, I can get a pair of spoons. Man, we're going to play with spoons, right? No, you just say, okay, we're going home early tonight, right? So there had to be some kind of invested interest of Mary concerning this wedding feast. But in this moment, when she came to Jesus, recognizing that there was no wine, her past, her present, and her future intersected at this moment. But in this moment of where past, present, and future intersects, she did not reach back into the past and say, somebody dropped the ball. She did not reach in the past and say, man, I messed up. 
No, she didn't stay in the past. She purposed to continue to move forward. But her past intersected with her present. And the present says, we don't have anything left over. We've ran out. But how many of you know she didn't get stuck in the moment? She didn't allow the, the, the current situation to define her or to cause her to get bogged down and say, man, I am the worst thing. Man, I can't believe I let these people down. No, she says, now, I know something happened in the past. There's a result here in the present. But listen, there has to be a change because we still have a future and there's a party to be had. So Jesus, I'm letting you know we're out. So her past, her present, and her future intersected at that moment. And my question for you is, where are you at in this moment of your life? As you've stepped over into 2021, are you still reaching back into the past and saying, there are some things that have happened, there's some things that I've done, there's been some limitations, there's been some hardships that are affecting me right now, but you're still reaching and trying to bring the past into the present. But how many of you know you can never reach back and bring the past into the present? All you can do is bring the haunting memories of what was into this day that will cause you to be paralyzed in this moment right and so what are you doing right now where are you at in this moment in life are you dwelling and reaching back are you in a position right now where you're stuck and you're not able to move forward into the future of what God has for you you realize that we're at the very beginning of a year the third day and I'm telling you what, the whole year is ahead of us, man. It is going to be amazing. But what do you choose for it to be? I heard one amen, and that's a person that, man, they're in the position right now. They're building a house. And every day, I know they're checking the progress. The foundation is being laid. Oh, come on, walls are going up. Oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. What are, what are they doing as a family? They're looking ahead to the future. They've made preparations in the present, but something in the past got them to where they're at. But again, they're not stuck in the past or the present. Man, right now, I'm looking to the future, and my house is coming along. And man, I already see myself sitting by the fireplace, man. Right? And that's where God wants us to be, looking ahead to this year. What does it entail for you? We had just a whole lot more of the same. Okay. What did Mary do? Mary reached in the moment. She reached in the moment beyond the natural circumstances of her life. And I know it's real easy for me as a pastor just to say, come on. Let's just get close to Jesus and everything works itself out. Well, there's some truth to that. But how many of you realize that there is this natural life that co coincides with our spiritual life? Now, they parallel because if my spiritual life is doing well, then probably my natural life is doing decent. And if my natural life is doing decent then probably my spiritual life is doing decent but if my natural life is all out of whack and it's it's just uh, chaos then more than likely my spiritual relationship is chaos right does that make sense that's not being critical that's just the facts of life and so God understands that it's not just about well come to church every Sunday give your offering say your Hail Marys call it good no he knows that there's a natural life to live. But notice what it says here in 2 Peter chapter 1. 
I'm just going to give you some verses for some reference today. You can write them down and do some further study afterwards. But in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It says that by His power He's given us all things. Everybody say all. So that means nothing is left out, but he says he's given us all things concerning this life and godliness. So God himself connected the two. There's a natural life that we live, but there is this spiritual life that we live right alongside of this natural life. And you've got to have them both working and in sync together, and both of them got to be healthy, right? And so not only spiritually do I got to reach, I got to do some reaching physically or naturally as well. Because without the reach, I just get stuck in where I'm at. (laughs) In this shutdown, I don't know if you've been like I have, you know, you spend a little bit more time at the house, kids are at home. Uh, The kids have been off of school for about the last week and a half, so they've been home more. And I've been eating like a bandit, man. I'm telling you, I've been eating so stupid. And, and, and in fact, I'm, I'm eating late at night, and I'm already stuffed, but I'm like, I still want more. And then you go to bed, and you're hurting. And then you can't sleep at night because you got indigestion. You go sleep on the couch, you're like, oh, dear God. And then you wake up in the morning, and it's a, I mean, it's this vicious cycle, right? Well, so I'm looking at myself saying, this this black shirt fit a little better a couple weeks ago, you know. It's a little tighter around the waist now. So I'm looking at myself saying, man, i got to make some changes this year. I mean, I'm 50 years old. I'll be 51 this year. I've got to make some changes. But in le- <laughs> my wife says, amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He's been hearing from God. <laughs> but unless I reach physically or naturally... I can pray all day long, but praying isn't going to slim me down or get me physically healthy, right? And so you understand the natural and the spiritual go together. In fact, if you remember over in James chapter 2, verse 16, uh, again, just to draw the parallel, he says, you know, there are those that will say, I have need of food, and you turn to them and say, be warmed and filled. He says, but if you do nothing, then it profits nothing. So in other words, another translation says it this way. If somebody comes to you and says, I have need for food, and you say, oh, just go on, God will provide, and you do nothing to help them, then it don't profit them. But isn't that what we oftentimes do or feel like in church, that we hear it from the pulpit? Well, just pray. Just read your Bible, and everything will be okay. Well, there's some natural things that we got to do alongside of the spiritual side of life. Because, again, just saying be warmed and filled isn't going to change all some of the other natural things in your life. Are you tracking with me? So there is a stretching and a reaching that we must do in this life. Now, once again, just to highlight some of the, 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 the areas of Mary when she went to Jesus concerning the wine that was not reaching. She reached for the new even though the new did not exist. She acknowledged the condition that she was in, but she never pointed a finger. She never cast blame. She never stayed in the facts of there's no more. Secondly, she acknowledged it was beyond her. She acknowledged it was beyond her, but it was not hopeless. 
<laughs> we're out. Hey, Jesus, I want to let you know that we're out. And number three, she invited Jesus into the situation. Now, you have to understand something in the invitation of her saying, Jesus, we are out of what is needed. She was extending an invitation not only to Jesus, but she knew that he was the Messiah. Now, the word Messiah means the anointed one and his anointing. In Isaiah 10, 27, it says that the anointing destroys the yoke and removes the burden. So in other words, when she said, Jesus, we are out, she was inviting the anointed one that had an anointing or power to do something. And therefore, when he came on the scene, it destroyed the yoke and it removed the burden and he began to answer her request. Are you hearing it? When you say this year, God, I need you in my life. I invite you into the affairs. Of my, I invite you into my marriage. I invite you into my church. I invite you into my finances. What are you doing? You're saying, God, I've reached the limit of my own abilities, but it is not hopeless. And I'm calling on you, the one that is anointed. But when you show up, you bring your anointing. You bring your power. You bring your ability. And in that moment, when you show up, things begin to change. Man, things are changing this year. Because we're inviting and reaching for Him. Now let me give you a couple challenges here. In regards to this year, we've just started this year. We're three days into 2021. A little bit earlier I said 2001. Did I say that already? Did I do that already in this message? 2001? Or you mean this early? Yes, yes, yeah. 2001. Wasn't that a year? Woo! What was that, 2019? No, 20 years ago. I looked a whole lot slimmer 20 years ago. Wow. All right. Going down memory lane. All right. Let me get back on track. All right. So we're in the first month, first week, three days into 2021. So God, God is working in the affairs of our life. But when it comes to my life, I've got to let God in. I've got to give him the access. The circumstances of my life haven't changed until I say, God, it's time for you to come in. Now, when I say we're going to give God access to our life, you might say, well, I've done that before. I've said, God, help. God, I need you to do something. But if we really want to be honest with ourselves, the extent of what we've done is really complain to God and just said, hey, God, are you seeing how bad this is? right? We've called on God, but we've not really surrendered ourselves to say, God, I'm giving this to you. God, I want you to see how bad it is. And God says, okay, I see it. It's not too bad to me. Yeah, but God, did you know how hopeless this was? Did you know that we ran out? Do you know that there's not enough? Did you know that the bills are coming up? Did you know that we're in foreclosure? Did you know that the doctor said, did you know? And God says, yeah. I knew all that. But it's not until we reach out to God and say, now, God, I'm not just bringing it to your attention. I'm reaching out and I'm saying, God, I need you to intervene. 
Do you see the difference? And once again, many of us have complained to God and we've cried and we've boo-hooed. But God is wanting us to give it to Him. And more importantly, God is wanting us to surrender our lives to Him. Say, God, here it is. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So how are we going to do that this year? There's something that we do every year, or we've done it for the most part consistently every year. At the start of the year, we start with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so what are we going to do as a church? Starting on the 11th, it's next week on Monday. We're going to let you come back to Sunday, have your good Sunday food and all those good things that go with it. But starting on Monday, we're purposing to go after God with a vengeance. We're going after God aggressively. We're going after God and we're reaching for Him. And we're going to do it through a prayer, a time of prayer and fasting. And we're going to do it for 21 days. Why are we going to do that? Because in those first 21 days, those first three weeks of 2021, we are going to reach out to God and we're going to purpose to reach Him and say, God, it's not about the agenda. It's not about the things that, that have been troubling me. I just want to reach out and begin to develop a relationship with you and to know you. We're going to reach out to Him. What does that look like? That looks like in these next couple of weeks... We're going to be intentional. So, in these next three weeks, it just might look like you show up to church every Sunday. Oh, you're going to that church thing, that church attendance thing. Well, why do I, do you think I care about it just for the sake of just having somebody to fill the seats? No, I care about you. And we've already seen last week that the greatest statistics show us that those that are in church faithfully, weekly, are the ones that have not missed a beat during this whole COVID thing. They're the ones that have actually increased and have done better. While everybody else has slipped and declined. So, maybe you'll feel the prompting and the leading of the Lord. All right, we're going to reach. And my reach looks like I'm going to be consistent in church for the next three weeks. Maybe your reach is that, you know what? I'm going to start attending church prayer. I'm going to start praying for this church, and I'm going to start learning how to pray. I'm going to start praying for this ministry and what God wants to do in and through it. Maybe in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, God stretches you and you say, I'm going to get connected. I'm going to get connected in the life of the church. I'm going to be invested. I'm going to serve somewhere. Or I'm going to take the next step and I'm going to take growth track. Or I'm going to go through impact leadership. In these next 21 days, we're reaching further than we ever have before. Maybe in these next 21 days, you're saying, God's just really stretching me and I'm purposing to pray. I'm purposing to read. I'm purposing to fast. Do you know what fasting is? Fasting is the quieting down of your flesh. And oftentimes people relate it to not eating food. And not eating food, then you lose weight. And so the, the, uh, the consistency of the fasting is, well, I lost some weight for these last few days. No, the whole point of fasting is to say, I'm going to quiet this flesh down and I'm going to pursue God. Intentionally meet with God. So that might mean you get up early before you go to work. God, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to spend some time praying. Or God, rather than watching TV at night, I'm going to turn the TV off in that hour, and I'm just going to have some devotion time with you. Or maybe you want to take it a step further, and you say, I'm going to fast a meal. 
I'm going to tell this flesh, be quiet. You're not going to eat, and I'm going to tell you to be quiet in this moment. And instead, I'm going to go spend time with God. And what does it do? It doesn't just cause you to lose weight, but what it does is it gives your spirit man the ability to be trained, or you're training your spirit man to become in tune with God. You see, in the reach, what did Mary do? Mary reached and she said, I'm purposing to trust you. And God intervened. But do you recall what she said? She said, he's going to say something and whatever he says, do it. You realize that God is talking to you all the time. He's giving you instructions. He's trying to help you. He's trying to give you inside information. And we live day by day and never hear the voice of God, but he's always talking. But as we begin to train our flesh and quiet the flesh. Now, once again, how many of you know your flesh has voice? And I woke up this morning, sitting at my desk downstairs, going over my notes. And sitting in front of me is the dark chocolate that my wife got me for Christmas. And so as I'm going over my notes, I'm looking over at the top of the desk. I'm going over my notes, I'm looking at the desk. And like, some dark chocolate sounds good right about now. Well, i got to study right now. But did you know I had not only one, but I had three pieces of dark chocolate this morning. (laughs) Why? Because my flesh was talking to me, right? Come on, are you relating to what I'm saying? You know, you want to go to bed at night, but your flesh says, I want to watch some more TV, or it's time to get up and go to work, but your flesh says, no, I just need five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes, right? See, your flesh has a voice, and it will cause you to reach for other things that separate you from God. But God is saying, If you'll quiet the flesh, you'll begin to learn how to hear my voice in your life more than you've ever heard before. Can somebody say amen? Amen. As I said, God might be stretching you in this time, or he will be. If you're at this church, if this is your home, God's going to be stretching you. He might stretch you to start tithing. Oh, dear God, here we go. I knew you had to throw the whole money thing in. No, listen, how many of you know that it's God's will that you, you are a tither? Do you think God needs your money? No, he don't need your money. But he does need permission to bless you and increase you. And the tithe or the obedience of being a giver is the way that God is able to do that from a financial perspective. Does that make sense? And so God just might be stretching you. Well, I don't like that, Pastor. Well, I didn't write the book. He did. I'm saying it just might be that moment in your life right now that God is saying it's time to reach. It's time to stretch. And even in the area of your finances, you say, well, does my finances cause me to draw closer to God? Absolutely. Why? Is it because of your money? No, it's because of your obedience. It's a heart thing. And it begins to draw your heart to Him. Amen? We're talking about the reach. It sets the stage for God to speak to us. It sets the stage for God to begin to give us instructions. And as I've already said, it begins to train your spirit. Let me challenge you in this. Because I'm telling you, it's important in this hour and this time that we walk by faith. You say, well, what's the focus of your ministry, pastor? What's the focus of this church? To teach people faith and who they are in Christ. So we talk about faith a lot. Yep, because that's one of the mandates that God's called us about or called us to in this church, to walk and live by faith. And so everything about your life is an expression of your trust in God. 
Now, let me give you a challenge. You do it in the sense that makes sense for you. But did you realize that you could wake up in the morning without, a, without a, an alarm clock? How do you do that? Holy Spirit, I need to get up at 5.30. What? Yeah, tell the Holy Spirit, I need to wake up at 5.30. And He can wake you up. Really? Yes, really. You mean I don't have to set an alarm clock? Well, you might want to set an alarm clock as a backup depending on how, how strong your flesh is. <laughs> But I'm telling you, do something simple to begin to train your spirit. Does that make sense? And I I remember the first time that I did this. I was in Bible college when I said, God, I'm going to start learning how to trust you to wake me up in the morning. And the very first morning that I said, I'm not going to set an alarm clock, I'm going to let you wake me up. Do you know how it was? Have you ever been laying in bed and your wife or your husband or your kids come and they kneel on the side of the bed or something and because they kneel on the side of the bed it kind of like pulls you to the edge of the bed because of their weight does that make sense when God woke me up that's exactly how it was it was like God came and pushed on the side of my bed woke me up I felt like I rolled to the edge and I woke right up and like whoo what time is it oh, it's the exact time I asked the Lord to wake me up what am I talking about training your spirit man to be able to hear God and he'll lead you and guide you and direct you if you'll purpose just to reach for him. And it will draw you close to a relationship with him. Are you doing okay this morning? What you'll oftentimes hear God tell you will be the simplest things to do. But it will be seemingly impossible. Let me say that again. When God begins to talk to you, it will be the simplest thing to do. But to the natural man, it might seem like it's the most impossible thing to do. And once again, depending on where you're at, to tithe. What's tithe? Tithe. You said tithe is 10% of my income? Come on, get real. Well, see, that's what God said is his kingdom system. And he says, man, I bless you. I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessing you can't have room enough to receive. But that might be something that just seems so impossible. But it's the simplest thing. Because it's in your power to do. God ain't going to force you to do it. It's just a matter of trust, right? But it's in that stretch or reach of obedience to say, God, I'm going to trust you that God says, oh my, I've been waiting to bless you in this moment. And now I can because you acted. And it's in those moments that become so exciting because you start to identify and understand and hear God's voice more clearly than you had before. I've shared these stories with you before, but I'll never forget it because it's, it's in those moments that you get all giddy on the inside because you know that God's talking to you. I remember I was at a church uh, right out of Bible college, and, and uh, back then we wore a suit and tie, and there was an usher, his name, I think his name was Gary, and Gary was up on the front there and as i'm sitting on the front row i'm looking over at gary he's getting ready to take up the offering and god says go buy him a blue suit and back then there was back racks in the in the uh genesee valley mall that's where i mean that's an awesome store man had awesome suits he says 
go take him to back rack, buy him a blue suit. And I'm like, okay. So I got with him afterwards after church. I said, hey, listen. I said, you know, do you mind getting together? We'll go do some lunch and stuff. He's like, yeah, sure. And I said, in fact, I said, can I buy you a suit? I said, this guy put it on my heart to do so. And he says, yeah. So we went suit shopping. And so he's looking at all these suits. What do you think? Oh, yeah, it looks good. And he's looking at the brown one, the green one, the gray one, the black one. And I'm like, God, you said blue suit. And so I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, it looks great. And finally, he gets to this one. He said, what do you think about this one? And I thought, wow, that's an ugly suit. But it was blue. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> that might be the one, brother. <laughs> so he picked it up, and we bought it. Now, here's my point. It excited me on the inside because, one, I got to bless that man with a suit but it was a blue suit. And I'm like, God, I heard from you. And we bought exactly. I didn't coach him in that way. I just let him pick it. And it was a blue suit. God, I heard from you. If I can hear God to buy a blue suit, God, what else can I hear you with? I mean, God's voice can be so tangible and real in our life. And it's just a matter of tuning our ear. But it's a matter of crucifying this flesh. And saying, God, I want to reach for more. Again, I've shared this story with you before, but I was uh, cutting my grass. This was several years back. And as I'm cutting the grass back then, I actually enjoyed it. Now there's just so much work to do. It's like, this is one more thing. But back then, I enjoyed cutting the grass because it was therapeutic. You know, I'd ride on a lawnmower, just pray and talk to God. But this particular time, I was out there uh, cutting grass. And the Lord said to me, he says, buy Scott. Scott was my best friend in high school. He says, go buy Scott a garage door opener. And I jumped off, left the tracker out in the yard, ran up to, it was like 8 o'clock. So I'm like running into the house. I told my wife, I said, hey, listen, I got to go to the store and I got to buy a garage door opener for Scott. She goes, right now? I said, right now. God said to go do it, so I'm doing it. And so I was just excited to do it because I knew God said it. And so I ran down to Sears, picked one up. I called him on the way home. And just, you know, that was back when the, the, the cell phones were like just prehistoric, you know. I said, hey, listen, I'm coming over to your house. I got something for you. He said, okay. He said, you know, kind of late. I said, but listen, I said, I got something for you. So I showed up on his doorstep, and I said, hey, listen, I was cutting my grass, and God said to buy you a garage door opener. I said, so I went and bought one, and here it is. And he's like, wow. He says, that's amazing. He says, my wife's birthday is tomorrow, and that's exactly what I was going to buy her for her birthday. And then he somehow suckered me into installing it for him but i did i did it with joy but what's my point hearing god's voice in the affairs of life and when i know that i can hear god's voice then i don't have to fear is that making sense let me finish up with this here you know the story of the children of israel right and it's over in numbers chapter 13 and you can read this for yourself but if you recall, the Bible says that God said to Joshua, or it says to Moses, rather, he says, I want you to go get spies from every tribe. There's 12 tribes of Israel. Go get 12 spies, one from each tribe. And he says, send them into the promised land or the land of Canaan to spy it out. Now, the land of Canaan was the promised land that God had said, this is where I'm taking you to. And God told them, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. It is a land that is a land of blessing and increase, and that's where I'm taking you. And he says, now, 
send spies out to go see what's in the land and come back with a report. So the 12 go. 10 come back and they say to Moses, we've spied out the land and the land is plentiful. In fact, we've brought back grapes one cluster of grapes so big that we had to put it on a pole and carry it between us two in order to bring it back. The pomegranates are so big we had to have a pole to put them in. I mean, this land is a land flowing with milk and honey. But it's a fortified city. And there's giants in the land. And it says, they said, we can't do it. It's too dangerous. It's too much. And Joshua and Caleb stood up and says, let's go possess the land for we are well able. There were 12 spies that went to spy out the promise of God. Ten came back and said, we could not do it. In fact, this is what they said. They said, it is too dangerous and we are as grasshoppers in their sight. They never had interaction with the enemy or the people of the city. But their response was, we are grasshoppers in their sight. So in other words, they already surveyed the land and they said it was impossible to, uh, to possess the promise of God. God said it, it should have settled it. But once they saw the circumstances, they said it can't be done. But two out of the twelve rose up and said, it is, we are well able, let's possess the land right now. What was the difference? There were two that were saying, we will reach and grab hold of the promise of God. And we'll do it by faith. The moral of the story is, this year of 2021, just like last year, you're going to have a whole lot more people saying it can't be done. It's too dangerous. It's not time yet. You better stay home. You better do this. You can't do that. 10 to 2 is going to come against the promise of God. But are you going to be of the 10 or are you going to be of the 2? Are you going to choose to reach this year and say, God, I'm choosing to believe you and we will possess the promise of God for our family, for our marriage, for our home, for our children, for our church, for our community. We said that reaching is to reach the measure or to be filled or to be full. Remember, Jesus was able to turn the water into wine. All he asked them to do was to fill the pots. If he can turn the water and fill it with wine, then certainly he can come in your circumstance, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, and fill it with new wine. Amen. He can turn it around if we'll reach. But listen, you got to be one of the two. And there's only going to be a few that will stand with you. And it's got to be enough. Because there's going to be a whole lot more that says, you know, I wouldn't do that. Well, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are going to see the blessing and the increase of God this year more than we've ever seen it. God's moving in this hour. It is the year to reach for the new. Behold, I'm doing a new thing.
and the glory is coming back to the church. Now, I say that because that's what he said, but it's here. It's not coming. It's here. It's just coming in greater measure. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I hope you heard a challenge, not from a pastor, but heard a challenge from the Holy Spirit this morning to say, He desires for you to reach for more. Reach beyond your limitations. Reach beyond your mind. Reach beyond the things that you see. And draw Him close. And allow Him to fill you to the full. I'm going to pray a prayer over you right now. And then we'll dismiss. But I want you to truly embrace this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And search your heart as to what you will do. What is it going to look like? How are you going to reach for God in those 21 days? We'll come back next week and talk a little bit more about it. And then we're going to run together and run the race. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that our ears are clear to hear. Our hearts are open to receive. And God, there is a desire for more of you. God, we long to have a relationship with you with nothing holding us back. No hindrances no baggage. God, we thank you that we are free to run the race. And we invite the anointed one and his anointing to help us in this season. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I was reminded of one thing as I was praying. I'll make it quick. Oftentimes what people will do is they'll look at their lives and they'll say, I've got this going on, and I've got this, and i got that. And oftentimes it comes in the form of habits. Habits of things that we do. Anybody that's got a habit in their life, if they're honest with themselves, would say, I don't enjoy this habit. But with every habit, there's a payoff. And the payoff of the habit is to get me through the moment of the hardship or the weight in which I'm feeling. And that's the merry-go-round. And oftentimes when we talk about those things in the church, it comes across as being condemning. And here's what I want you to hear. God is never condemning you for the things that you struggle with in your life. If you ever are in the middle of that habit and you feel like God is saying, shame, shame, you need to stop doing that. That is not God. But if you find yourself having a desire, I just don't desire that. Or I, I desire to be free. That's when you know the Holy Spirit's working because He don't condemn, He empowers. And so when you find yourself saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be free. Now you know the Holy Spirit's talking to you. 
And that's when you simply say, God, I'm going to reach. And let me give you this exercise. In the middle of the habit, rather than condemning yourself because you want to be free, just praise God in the middle of it. Whether you're popping a pill, doing a drag, whatever it is that you feel has become that habit or that vice in your life, in the middle of it, just say, God, I praise you. God, I worship you. And you'll find that the anointing shows up. And you'll be free before you know it. Because you desire it, and so does he. Does that help anybody? Amen. All right, guys. Prayer this week, 6.30. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next time. God bless you. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life